Alex, you put on shows, you were involved in actual plays and were performing? Yes, yeah. Uh, so, and when I was doing it, it's funny, you know, calling it School of the Arts sounds so nice because when I was doing it, we just called it the Saturday class. And right. <laughs> it was the other space. And right. <laughs> The most creative names. I love it. Yeah, we we would put on performances. I think usually uh, once a semester or one play per semester, we would put on a show. Alex, did you sing? Listen, I tried. (laughs) I did. I was going to ask uh, you, Alex, to go ahead and give us your version of Les Miserables. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I, you know, I care about you guys a lot. So... (laughs) So, I think you're safe to just do a death scene with that one. Um, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, the whole show would die if I was singing, so. <laughs> What's, What's up, up Clarksville? Clarksville? A podcast. From Clarksville. About Clarksville. For Clarksville. I'm Craig Book. And I'm Alex Sumner. What's up, Alex? What's up, Craig? <laughs> everything's great. Everything's up. Clarksville is happening and booming, and a lot of things are, are going on. There's uh, just so many fun things to talk about. There's Yeah, it's never-ending, which makes me really happy about Clarksville. <laughs> exactly. You know, they think everybody thinks it's a small town, but, you know, it, it's it's got a lot of moving parts and things happening. Um a lot of history in this area, and one of one of the things that have always intrigued me is the Roxy Theater. Yes, it is an icon in the city. It's absolutely beautiful. It catches your eye as soon as you go downtown, especially for the first time. Or people that are new to this area, people that have been here for a long time, it's it's been a part of their life as long as they can remember. Yeah, and it's it's just a great place to talk about a lot of the shows going on, and we are fortunate to have the marketing director Donald Groves joining us on the podcast. Yeah, I'm really curious to see how much the Roxy has changed because when I grew up from 10 to 17, I was part of their Saturday class. And so it was a big part of my childhood. And I'm really curious to see how it's changed since then. Yeah, me too. I'm I'm interested in all of it. So let's talk to um, Don. What's up, Don? (laughs) How's it going? What's up, Don? (laughs) Yes, I'm really excited for this. So we've got Don from the Roxy, and I'm excited to introduce him. So, Don, I would love to for you to tell us what is your role at the Roxy. What do you do? Um, tell us all about it. So at the Roxy, I am the marketing and rentals manager, um, which is kind of a a fluid title. Um, we kind of everyone does everything at the theater. Um, I'm also a company member, so you can catch me in lots of shows and we'll, we can get into that more when we talk about upcoming stuff. Um, so, uh, yeah, my background is I'm a a singer originally and actor. Um, and, uh, yeah, so now at the Roxy, I handle the marketing, I handle the rentals, um, which includes, uh, renting the space for outside users. Also, we have Um, a very large costume collection, uh, and I am in charge of wrangling that massive beast. I know, I know that's going to make Alex excited. She loves costumes, and I, (laughs) I was actually really interested in that. Maybe we could talk about that a a little bit later. For sure, Um, it's very cool. It it sounds very cool. Um, I'm wondering, Don, how did you come to Clarksville? Well, actually, uh, the Roxy brought me to Clarksville. Uh, I was living in New York City, um, working as a professional actor, and 
the first part of my career, primarily I was an opera singer uh, and I kind of branched out more into theater and music theater because it was always a passion of mine as well. Um, so I used to do a ton of auditions and uh, the audition for the Roxy came up on Playbill.com and I went to the professional audition there. I sang um, and at the time they were doing Les Mis, um, wow. which actually uh, just the memories popped up on my Facebook was uh, nine years ago this month. Wow. Uh, so I came into town to with literally knowing nothing about Clarksville other than um, the monkey's song was as familiar <laughs> as I was. And I wasn't even sure it was the same Clarksville. It's not. Um, and, well, <laughs> I've heard that's up for debate, but I, uh, you know, that's, we're not here to talk about that. Uh, <laughs> We've but, already uh, talked about it on our podcast, so we probably okay, won't good, rehash to, it again. <laughs> I'll have to listen to that one and I'll, I'll, I'll trust you as an expert then. Okay. Uh, but at the time that was, that was, as close to knowing what Clarksville was as I had. And I had heard of Fort Campbell um, just as a, you know, Fort Campbell, Kentucky, just a, yeah. you know, a, a name that you hear and kind of in well, passing. I would think that's um, a, a big jump from New York and the, the amount of acting and, and Broadway and off-Broadway shows and all that to come to Clarksville. That's a big step. Well, kind of the, the what I think what people don't really necessarily realize is that pro most professional actors are not on Broadway or in movies. They are, um, you know, everyday working actors, which sounds strange to a lot of people. But mm -hmm. um, when you're working as an actor, you're working your way up, you, um, you, you might live in New York and you audition for companies all over the country. And so it's pretty par for the course to uh, get a job somewhere like Clarksville and not know much about it. And but no, there's a professional theater company there and come do a show and perform and meet the people. And a lot of times you leave and never go back. Or sometimes you come back and do multiple shows. And then sometimes, uh, like me, you uh, find a home and end up staying for good. And you, you love it in Clarksville? Oh, yeah. I love Clarksville. <laughs> I love we just need a subway. Yeah. <laughs> uh, better public <laughs> transportation would be nice. Um, I would definitely appreciate like a commuter train to Nashville um, or a better yeah. uh, public transportation between here and Nashville. Um, I just picked up some actors for the, the our upcoming show, and one of them said, so is there a public transportation option to go down to Nashville <laughs> to go explore? And I said, we have a uh, river that goes all the way to Nashville. <laughs> oh, I should have said that. I said, you can take an expensive Uber. Um, right. But, yeah, no, I should have mentioned the river. The river. Get yourself a <laughs> kayak and get get working. There you go. <laughs> so you've been here, you said, is it 2014 you moved to Clarksville? 2014, I came for the first time. Uh, I played Javert in Les Mis. So if anyone listening Javert. saw that production of Les Mis, um, I was the baddie, which was fun. Um, and then I had about five months worth of contracts after that. So I, I was here for like a month and a half. Uh, and then I went to Utah and did several shows there. Um, and then I ended up coming back after that ended. Um, and that's when I moved here full time. So it was August of 2014. And I, I saw, were you, were you in Arizona for a time? Yeah, I did a contract in Arizona. I did another production of Les Mis in Arizona, actually. Nice. Um, that's where I'm from. You can see my, my Arizona oh, Diamondback yeah. shirt. Oh, yeah. See, there uh, you go. See, <laughs> originally, I'm from New Mexico. I haven't lived oh, there in a see. long time, but I'm a fellow desert desert rat desert rat well I, <laughs> I i just assume leave the desert behind i'm good <laughs> well i was just telling someone the other day i i don't uh i don't ever mind a rainy day and i think it's because i grew up in the desert it's you like, know oh, what? Rain again. <laughs> i i don't mind a day that the sun doesn't shine i'm okay with that i got sick yeah. of the sun after 18 years 
I do mind the wind blowing down trees in my yard, but that's another. <laughs> I have a piece of metal flapping back and forth on the side of my house right now, and you might be able to hear it a little bit in the background, but that's <laughs> something I have to work on soon. Yeah, definitely a lot of branch cleanup over at my house. So can you tell us a little bit about the Roxy itself? I mean, the the Roxy, and Clarksville's been around for a long time, and there's a lot of history here. But the Roxy, I feel, is is just the icon of the city. When you go downtown, I mean, you see the Roxy, and you're like, wow, look at that old theater. And that's that's probably the wow moment the first time I went downtown. It looks so cute, and it's so quaint, and it's so nice. But the Roxy is just a wow moment. Yeah, it's definitely it's definitely to me an icon as well. Um, I I cannot picture Clarksville without the Roxy. Yeah. Um, and I think most people are the same way because when you you know you go to the car dealership and there's a giant picture of the Roxy, and you go to, um, oh, what, the new Poke place over by Walmart, and I think there's a a picture of the Roxy in there. You know, everywhere has some sort of picture of the Roxy or. Um, some association with it. But yeah, the Roxy, um, so the building itself is the third theater in that space. Mm-hmm. Um, it started out as the Lillian uh, in the early 1900s. It was a movie theater, the Lillian. Um, and you can see pictures of it in the Roxy. Um, and I, have you seen downtown? They have this, um, it's a project that they started where mm-hmm. they show the historical pictures of the buildings. Yeah, it's the Then and Now project from the... Yeah, the Then uh, and Now project. Yeah, exactly. Arts so and one Heritage. Of, one of the pictures on the Roxy is actually a picture of the Lillian, so you can see that first. Um, the Lillian burned down, mm-hmm. uh, and so then they built a new theater in its place, and that's when the uh, the Roxy chain was kind of a big chain uh, across the country, Roxy chain of movie theaters. Um, and so when they rebuilt it, then they rebranded it as uh, as the Roxy. Um, that building burned down. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's burned so, down twice. That was the second theater to burn so down. Bad luck so, over there. Um, the Roxy, as we know it, uh, was built in 1947. <clears throat> so um, this building has been there since 1947. Uh, I remember when we moved into our new house, we met our our next door neighbors who have sadly both passed, but they were in their 80s. Uh, and when I met them, they said, oh, well, I met him. And he said, I met my wife at the Roxy 50 oh, wow. years ago. Wow. Went to go That's see a movie. So, so oh. beyond the iconic look of it, I think there's a lot of history just to the people here in town. And, you know, everyone has a Roxy story or they worked there in high school or they saw the last movie there. The last movie that played there was Jaws in the 1980s. Oh, wow. So it was a it was a movie theater, but it was the second run movie theater. So all the first run, you know, the big premieres and stuff would happen at the Capitol up the street. And then after they'd been there for a while and they got rid of them because a new big movie was coming in, then it would move over to the Roxy. So similar to what we think of as like the cheap theater. Oh, really? Like move yeah. it over so, to the dollar theater. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it wasn't quite that because, you know, it was a different time. So there weren't reruns and DVDs and all of that. Right. Definitely streaming. So um, it was the way you could see a movie that had been out for a while that you'd missed or, you know. Still wanted yeah, to check out. Cool. Um, so yeah, so in the eighties, after the movie theater um, closed down, I th- it sat empty for a, a brief amount of time, um, and then shortly after that, it was founded as the Roxy Theater. Um, at that time, it was a dinner theater, um, and it was a community theater. Um, but pretty pretty quickly after that, uh, it turned into a professional theater. Um, they got rid of the dinner aspect of it. Um, if you see now. If you're in the Roxy, um, it's basically a closet that they used as the kitchen. Oh, wow. <laughs> I mean, literally a closet. It's really small. Out. So 
cooking was difficult then. Cooking was definitely, uh, I'm sure it was a challenge. I, I, like I said, was not here at that point. Uh, I was alive at that point, but I was not here at that point. <laughs> <laughs> Did they have a school? Did a school start at, at some point down there? Uh, through the Roxy? Yeah. Uh, yes, we do have a School of the Arts program that oh, is still still going to this day, and that's been going for a long time. And I, well, let's see, I'm on I'm on our website because I knew I would have to check myself <laughs> on dates. Um, 1995, School of the Arts started. Oh, nice. So, and we have offered um, school performances as well. Where uh, I think that's probably where most people who grew up in Clarksville got their first experience of the Roxy and their first experience of theater in general. Um, was coming to see a show at the Roxy. Um, and we still do that. And I know that sometimes it's people's one and only exposure to live theater um, in their life. So it's definitely a, a very cool thing that we're able to help do and offer. Yeah. Alex, you were there. Yes, I was. <laughs> so I started the school or I joined the school back in, I think it was 2000 or 2001. Okay. Um, I was 10. And... I and during that time there was only a few of us that was doing it because you know it wasn't that super established yet. I think that when right. I started there have been like seven of us and that was such an incredible experience and I remember you know, we would have it in the other space and okay. I just remember having to go up the steps and like the walls are black the steps are <laughs> black everything Back. you can't see anything it was such a, such a weird experience <laughs> and even all the black the crates were black and yep. that was so much fun and because there was only a few of us we had a lot of bonding moments and then I remember yeah. you know I, I did that for about I think I did that for about seven years so until about 2008 ish um okay. that's when I stopped but uh then they started bringing the the summer programs. I remember being part of um, Aladdin. I think Aladdin was one of them. Beauty and the Beast cool. might have been one of them. And by that time, each year, there were tons and tons and tons of students that started going. And that was just wild to me because when I was when I started, there was just right. a few of us. And then it turned into a huge, which I'm so I'm so glad. I just I love that it my son. Actually, I have an 11 year old. OK. And. He did a summer program, I think, two years ago, and I just love that the way that the Roxy has grown and how it's open to so many, so many kids now, and that they're being able to experience that. And I just, I think it's really cool. Yeah, that's. I mean, I think that that is one of our goals as an organization is to um, encourage um, the theater education, uh, and it's not to create people as actors, although we have had plenty of people that have come out of it and gone on to careers. In fact, I just saw, uh, there's a show called Bad Cinderella that opened on Broadway um, yesterday or maybe on Thursday. I can't remember which day, uh, but one of our School of the Arts students made his Broadway debut. Wow. Uh, two days ago in, in Bad Cinderella. And he actually was a School of the Arts student uh, that participated in Les Mis when I came here and did the show. So I met him as a as a high school kid doing the show, and now he's on Broadway. Well, that's um, newsworthy. Are, are we breaking news here on What's Up Clarksville? That... We may be, because I don't know that Clarksville has, <laughs> has said anything about it. He, he came to Clarksville through Fort Campbell, so 
uh, you know, that's a little bit different experience from um, people who grew up their entire lives in, in Clarksville. I think um, that's a, a great story. I mean, we, we make a big deal about somebody on American Idol. We should be talking about uh, actors playing on Broadway. Absolutely. Absolutely. His name is Julio Ray. I will give him a, a Julio shout out. Julio Ray. Congratulations, Julio Ray. That's fantastic. Yeah, he's very, very talented. If you make it to New York, go see Bad Cinderella, although it got didn't get very good reviews. <laughs> I'm sure having nothing to do with Julio. Catch it quick. That's my advice. <laughs> <laughs> but very exciting. And, and and he's not the only one. There's been a great a great history of that. But but my point was that uh, as awesome as that is, that's not the point of our School of the Arts Education Center. The point yeah. is to first first create a safe space for these kids who are interested in theater and may not have um, an outlet or um, a safe space where they can just go and be themselves. Um, that's that's one of the things that we want to create, but also do create. Um, yeah. I see. I I have very little actual. Um, little interaction with the school of the arts other than just kind of knowing who they are and seeing their performances. Um, but I know that our, our people who teach there really do create a safe space, a space for these kids who sometimes are really just discovering themselves and don't necessarily know yeah. what's going on with the world. And they might be, you know, the weird kid, but then they're there at the, and I'm not saying that in a derogatory way, but they might, um, you know, then they go there and they might meet, another weird kid that is just like them and realize they're not a weird kid. They're just not like all the other kids that they know at their school or, you know, oh, I think I'm a um, weird kid. I yeah. Think, you I... know, and we all, we all have experience <laughs> like that and we can, we can all, I think, um, identify with finding your tribe and finding people that you, um, yeah. With and get along with and understand. So, um, yeah, in fact, the reason that I'm, uh, not at the theater doing this recording is because school of the arts is happening right now. Oh, cool. Um, so it's a right now it's a Saturday program. Um, we've got about 35 kids that are involved this year, um, and they will put on a production of Frog and Toad at the end of this at the end of our season. So it's the kind of the beginning of the summer season. So Alex, you put on shows. You were involved in actual plays and were performing. Yes. Yeah. Uh... So, and when I was doing it, it's funny, you know, calling it School of the Arts sounds so nice. Because when I was doing it, we just called it the Saturday class. And right. It was the other space. And right. Like, the most creative names. I love it. And, oh, I will, uh, but, I will explain the other space in a minute, too, but finish your thought. <laughs> but, yeah, we that's mostly where we would do that is, is in the other space. And then as I gained confidence and I started doing some of the main stage things and that was that was a lot of fun but yeah we we would put on performances i think usually uh once a semester or one play per semester we would put on a show alex did you sing listen i tried <laughs> i did then so who was in charge was tom thayer and john mcdonald and john mcdonald was who would teach us and stuff and he was honest oh he was he was brutally honest and i would go yeah. in and i would audition and he would tell me exactly, exactly what he thought. And I was like, you know, you're not wrong. They were still here when I started. And um, I, I don't think he knew the meaning of sugarcoating, um, which, which had some, some great, you know, there were some great uh, advantages to that. There's and, some uh, value in the theater. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because the audience is going to be honest. So you might as well have right. somebody who's honest up ahead. I was going to ask uh, you, Alice, to go ahead and give us your version of Les Miserables. Oh, yeah. 
<laughs> I, you know, I care about you guys a lot. Your ears, so. <laughs> so I think you're safe to just do a death scene with that one. Um, <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> yeah, the whole show would die if I was singing. So, <laughs> so Ed Donald, you were going to mention uh, the other space. Oh yeah. So Alex mentioned the other space, but just for people who are listening, they may not know what that is. Um, so the Roxy, um, we have two performing spaces uh, at the Roxy still currently. Uh, one of them is the main theater, which is what you think of when you think of a theater. But uh, to change a movie theater into a live performing theater, um, we had to exchange, extend the stage out over where the audience would normally have sat. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, put a little bit of backstage area. In. And I say we, but that happened long before either of us were ever, ever involved at the Roxy. Um, but converting it from a movie theater into a live theater space uh, changed the angle. So all of the uh, balcony space, the angle is wrong for anyone to see onto the stage uh, oh, because wow. uh, it was set up to, to so you could see the very back wall, but they didn't care if you could see down below. So uh, because of that, the, the upper portion of our balcony has been converted into a black box theater. Um, and it's literally called a black box theater, so everything is painted black. Um, we do have bright <laughs> colors going up the stairs now, so it's a little, a little bit more cheery as you enter. Um, and we do still use that space for uh, productions. We, the, the Vagina Monologues we have performed, this was actually the 20th anniversary of the Vagina Monologues, and that's per been performed for 20 years up in wow. the other space. Space. So that's where most people would be familiar with it. But we still perf we perform other shows there as well. In fact, the next show to open will be in the other space. Yeah, that's cool. So uh, a little bit um, earlier this year, there was sort of an issue, and um, I mean, it had to do with the with the the uh, director, Ryan. Yeah. Ryan he's Bowie. The, he's the executive director. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, uh, briefly, there was uh, there were some claims that uh, were investigated and and unfounded, and the city council kind of reacted to those claims. And there was a time when they were considering pulling funding from the Roxy, but again, that was all resolved and and moved on, and and funding continues. Yes. Um, but as a result, the Roxy has has made some changes. Is that correct? Yeah, so um, there were some allegations, and it did go to a city council level. Um, everything was resolved. Um, but we, as an organization, took that as a chance to, um, although there wasn't really findings in the allegations, we took that in, as an, a chance to uh, grow and improve uh, and um, make some changes internally uh, to address real or not issues that right. that came up Um as a part of all of those allegations. So um, I think, you know, there's there was a lot of um, focus on city council and votes and that sort of thing, but I don't think I there see. was necessarily the focus on uh, the improvements and the things that we, the steps that we took to prevent even allegations from happening, uh, let alone things that were alleged. It seems a little um, drastic to talk about pulling funding when the actions of one person were in question um seems like you know maybe removing that person and moving on with the roxy would be a better way to go and it ended up they well, found a, a I think, good solution uh, i think ideally the people who you know city council people are people first um right. uh and they'll have their own personal um opinions about 
other people in the world, as we all do. Yeah. Um, and so there were some people that had uh, taken that as a um, they they made it a little more personal than than I personally thought it I needed see. to be toward people. Um, so because the allegations uh, ended up being basically unfounded, um, they then tried to go around that and say, you know, all the allegations had been cleared by the time it was even proposed to take the funding away. Oh, I see. Um, and so um, that seemed a little more uh, personal than um, in the interest of the organization or in the interest of the city. And that's my personal opinion. Um, but uh, the city council agreed with that and uh, said there's no reason to take, you know, Ryan it had already been cleared and was not going to be removed, had been talked talk to the board and, you know, the, the things that they decided that were founded in these allegations, which was very few things, were addressed, and we can get into that in a minute, all of that was over. So uh, because they couldn't then get their way of getting rid of the person that they wanted to get rid of, then they tried to go other right. routes. But ultimately there was a change of heart and... Uh, everything well, yeah, good. ultimately, I think the city council did their due diligence. They looked into it. They had the exact thought that you did. Why Why would we punish an entire organization? Why would we punish all of Clarksville's children? Yeah, yeah. Um, because uh, personal issues with one person yeah. founded or unfounded. So, well, and we um, were talking about just the nature of the work that you do. It's acting and, and it's art and art imitates life. And in yeah. acting, there are shows where there's physical contact is necessary and right. sometimes when you're an employee doing that kind of work there there could be some some confusion or problems that come up so um right and then you know the nature of theater is um exploring and conveying emotions right yeah. so um i think one of the things that we learned as a part of this is that emotions are easy i mean we've all known this the emotions are easy to get out of hand but we also yeah. Uh, examined that and thought, you know, how can we address this? How can we help this? And so one of the ways that we did, there are a couple of ways that we addressed it. Um, we hired a new uh, HR person for the theater. So mm -hmm. um, she is a part of all of our productions. She's a part of our meetings. She's a part of the theater. She's a part of our family. She's also our education director. So she's um, working equally to um, help make it a better and improve uh, you know, for the children of Clarksville, both with our School of the Arts program and with our, um, um, and then she also, there are multiple levels that people can talk and report if they need to and, um, you know, work through issues that may happen with other cast members or staff or, you know, um, backstage um, personnel, tech personnel, anything like that. It's great that you, you've added that person and she's taken on that role. Yeah, and she's a very, I mean, you if you meet her, she's she's just a wonderful person. She's very empathetic. She's she's willing to hear both sides, and she's very good about, as we were talking, not putting her own personal opinions into that and just yeah. uh, being an ear. So it's great to have that level um, just for, you know, I feel like so-and-so is being passive-aggressive. Okay, well, <laughs> now let's talk about that. Were they really being passive-aggressive, or were they doing their job, and you were offended by it, or, you know. Right. Small stuff. You know, it's it's I've 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 gotten a new appreciation for HR. I don't want to do it, um, <laughs> but I I love that we have it and I appreciate well, I work people. in construction. Those kind of things don't really come up. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. 
Um, but then on top of that, Ryan and um, our uh, general director, uh, Emily uh, Ruck, have both taken, um, it's, it's a company called Theatrical Intimacy Education. Um, and they have both taken uh, kind of at this point, extensive classes in theatrical intimacy education. Um, so it's based on um, the intimacy that is required by SAG. So SAG is Screen Actors Guild. Um, equity, uh, Actors Equity is the, is the um, union over theatrical actors. And we are actually a non-union house. So we are not an equity house. Yeah. Um, but we do everywhere we can uh, try to follow equity rules and equity guidelines for things. But equity doesn't have any intimacy guidelines. Oh, wow. Uh, so theatrical intimacy education took the SAG guidelines... Uh, and created um, ways to follow that for the theater and teaches that. And now when I say intimacy, everyone kind of jokes like, oh, you need a sex coach for the whatever. <laughs> it's not really that. I mean, no. that, is a, that is a portion of it um, because that does come up, you know, kissing. And basically, you're, you know, if you come here, like I said, you're from New York, you come in to do a show, you meet someone else who is also from New York or from Chicago that comes in to do a show. You don't know each other and then you have to kiss them. Yeah. Um, it can be awkward yeah. because people are married or people have partners or people are gay and people are, you know, for whatever reasons. And so it's just a way to approach that where everyone is comfortable, um, where no one is going to be unhappy or uncomfortable. Yeah. And that's not to say you can't be uncomfortable, but it's it's a way to approach it where... Um, in a safe way for yeah. everyone. Um, but that also, you know, our, our upcoming production of Spring Awakening uh, deals with, uh, well, it deals with masturbation. It deals with suicide. It deals with um, teen sex. It deals with abortion, teen wow. pregnancy. It deals with abuse. It deals with, it's actually a very fun show. <laughs> but, <laughs> that sounds hilarious. Uh, it has lots of heavy <laughs> material in it it, it, that it addresses. And it was actually written in the 18, 1800s. No, I'm going to sound dumb because uh, I didn't, I don't remember. But it was the text that it's based on is like German text. It's a German play from a long, long time ago that has been brought into the modern age because it deals with all the things that we are still dealing with. Yeah. Um, but as a part of that process, you know, when we start get to the scene where we're talking about abortion, clearly that's a hot button issue. Right. No matter where you stand on that issue, it's it's uh, a powerful issue for people. Um, so you know we will use Emily as our intimacy choreographer uh, to help guide us through that. We have a director. Um, his name is Kyle. He's actually also here from New York. That's uh, here directing this show, uh, and um, together the two of them with the cast will will work on. Uh, how we approach that, how we handle that before we ever present it to an audience. Yeah. Well, I think that's um, awesome. I, they have similar issues in Hollywood and, and, you know, there's things inside edition and all these shows that address those uh, are, are, are famous because of addressing those issues between actors. Right. And uh, right. I don't think it's any different here in Clarksville than anywhere else. Yeah, exactly. And the main thing is to to uh, be respectful to people and their opinions and their um, right. their wants and needs when it when it comes to that. Um, you know, as we get into the uh, the suicide stuff, you know, you don't know 
people's experience with that right. and people, um, you know, who they know. You don't know who, you know, you just don't know. Well, it and, sounds like the whole uh, show would have sensitive subjects that could touch the hearts of just about anybody attending on, on, on absolutely. some level. It's a very, it's a very moving show. It's a very fun show. Um, it's rock music set with oh, nice. this, uh, German text. So it's rock music and, you know, people jam out. Um, <laughs> but it, but it goes, it goes into hard subject matter too, um, in a, in a respectful way and in a, in a way that's really, it'll make you think for sure. I don't want to downplay that, that, it will be an enjoyable time. You're not yeah. going to go sit there and be just sad for two hours. <laughs> well, the, wasn't that the premise of Les Miserables? <laughs> it, it's, it's actually more fun than Les Miserables, uh, okay. which also deals with a lot of really heavy, sad stuff. But I mean, I'm not going to say you won't, I'm not going to say you won't cry when you watch it. Hopefully, you know, that's a, that's yeah. an emotion that we want to bring out, but we also want to make you smile. And there was a way that you described it a minute ago. You said it's a really fun show with some heavy stuff. And I feel like that's like life's headline, right? That <laughs> actually is a, that's a great motto for life. I think. A really yeah. Fun show. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I thought that was funny, but it, it just shows the importance of, you know, I mean, we know how important entertainment, I don't think that we actually consciously know this, but entertainment really is important. And I think it's a beautiful thing to be able to, you know, as what, what was it that you said earlier, Craig, that it's that theater is life like as art, art imitating life. Yeah. And it's, you know, a way to just kind of poetically, you know, paint your emotions and stuff. But what, what we usually don't think about is how a you know watching a movie or watching a play can evoke some kind of emotions from us but the actors that are in that play or in that movie there's a lot of growth there and a lot of I remember when I had done theater at the Roxy and I would watch you know kids be you know start off as one type of per personality and then grow as they kind of learn more about themselves and find the confidence in themselves. Yeah. And I had always, I feel like I was a late bloomer as the weird kid and I just stayed pretty recluse, I guess. Mm -hmm. But I remember, you know, I mean, for instance, there was one girl that started a few years after I did and she was younger than me and she was so shy, so, so nervous around people. And we were doing some different games, I guess. And John had, told her to, to blow a bubble. I, for some reason, I remember her having to blow a bubble. And something about this bubble, he kept telling her to blow it bigger and bigger and bigger. And just the way that she did it, he would have her do, you know, different things. And eventually she had to blow this. And this makes no sense. I can, like, see it in my head. But she had <laughs> yeah. to blow this big bubble. And there were some things that she had to do in it. And it was really weird how he had to make her tap into her confidence to not feel so weird around everybody to do something that didn't make yeah. any sense. And I think at the time she was 10 and I was probably 13 or 14. And after that day, I don't know what it was about blowing this bubble, but she had completely changed and she was no longer shy and introverted. And she was wow. very extroverted. She's getting a lot of the lead roles in wow. our Saturday class. And because I mean, there were other exercises that, that she did that he had worked on, you know, with. And then I remember there were other times that, you know, different exercises that we had to do and certain parts that we had to play. And John would do exercises for us, not just as a whole, but individually, depending on 
the person that we were playing. And I remember that he would have us tap into real emotions and real memories that we had, you know, whether you know somebody experienced something that was serious in their life and to help them connect that emotion to perform it on stage. And the interesting thing about it was it was a really unique way to be able to find repressed emotions and to process those emotions. It was very interesting to kind of, and kind of a safe place also to put yourself in a different character where you're not yourself and you're able to process these emotions as this character and not yourself. And it's not as scary. Mm -hmm. And I just, I saw a lot of growth in people and in myself. And it's something that, you know, when you're watching somebody on stage or watching a TV screen, you don't necessarily think about the way that, you know, that person has to actually tap into their emotions and the experiencing you know there's also a lot of emotional intelligence that comes with that over time too which is really interesting but but I think performing you know on theater or in movies it's it's I love that the audience experiences something but so do the actors and that's really neat yeah yeah it's cool yeah it's it's one of the cool things especially with kids but with anyone honestly um to see when someone has that breakthrough moment uh, just an aha and a change. And um, it's it's sometimes more dramatic with kids because that's like, I mean, that's life. Like they're learning, you know what I mean? They're learning how to how to be who they are. Yeah. Um, but but it happens with actors on the stage and it happens with people in the audience, too. They they go see something and they think, you know, I never in my life have thought about it like that before. And now here I am with this whole new world of things open to me. So, yeah, that's cool. I mean, you think you have to get past just the stage fright to begin with, but then to actually become vulnerable and tap into emotions or feelings that are embarrassing to show other people to become a character. It's that's, that's really amazing. It's, it's an amazing thing that we do on, on the local level all the way up to, you know, the the Hollywood stars and and, uh, Broadway shows. That's, that's really amazing. I don't think I'd be someone like me that's born without any stage fright. I don't know why, (laughs) but um, that's a, that was just, I was born lucky with that. So (laughs) I've had the opportunity to be on a big stage in front of a lot of people and, and I get nervous for a minute, but then it goes away quickly. Um, And you'll find ways to get around that, you know, just kind of looking out across the tops of their heads or something like that. I guess in theater, you have lights in your face and it's hard to see the audience. So that helps. It can be, but it just depends on the show because sometimes you're right there and, you know, yeah. at, at the Roxy, the Roxy is a, a very intimate theater. Um, it's not big and you are, you know, the audience is right there. They're so, involved. Yeah. Um, yeah. I know. I've There have been several people who are like, um, my parents are sitting in the first row and I'm terrified. You're on stage and they're right in front of you. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, as a parent, you want to be right up there, but as a... Oh, yeah. No, the parents love it. Yeah. <laughs> and as a child, you want them somewhere in the back or in the corner somewhere exactly. so that you don't have to see them. What, what other shows do we have? What what What's on the lineup for this, this summer? Okay. So coming up, we've got um, the next show that opens, opens actually this Monday, uh, which is called Almost Main. It opens on the 27th. Um, but if you're listening to this um, right when it comes out, there are still two more performances. Um, so we have performances. It's called Almost Main. Okay. So Almost Main is actually upstairs in the other space. Um, and it is the 27th and the 28th, which is Monday and Tuesday. And then the uh, 3rd and the 4th, which is also a Monday and Tuesday uh, at 7 p.m. 
Okay. So uh, Almost Maine is a play. It's got four people in it. It's based in a small town in Maine called Almost Maine. Um, <laughs> and it's kind of, the whole thing is about, uh, it's several stories, but um, they all the stories almost get there. You know? Oh, nice. Uh, so, so um, the the town the the town is called Almost Maine because it's not quite a town because they almost got around to incorporating <laughs> it as a town, but they never quite did. So it's there and it exists, but it's not. So it's almost. Um, so it's that kind of idea. Um, it explores that a lot. Um, there are four actors in it, um, and it's 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 a uh, it's funny and and it's got you know message behind it. Um, so. That's what we've got coming up next. Um, and then immediately after that, on uh, March 6th, we open Spring Awakening, which is what I was talking about. Um, Spring Awakening is, is based on the German text of the same name, Spring Awakening. It was a play. Mm -hmm. um, and it was written as a musical probably about 15 years ago, somewhere like early 2000s. Um, and by Duncan Sheik, who's actually... Um, He's had some like '80s rock hits. Yeah. Um, so he wrote he wrote the music um, and they adapted it into a new musical. Um, it's actually the first big thing that Leah Michelle and Jonathan Groff did. Um, so if you know either of them from Glee or from Hamilton or any of those things, it was yeah. their first. They did it as teenagers because it's about teenagers and teenage angst and their experience in the in the world. Um, gotcha. I'm actually I'm in Spring Awakening. Oh, nice. I'm one oh. of the characters in that. Uh, I actually play the role in the script is called adult male, or adult <laughs> male, plural, um, because I play every uh, priest, father, uh, teacher, um, doctor. All of those characters are me, and then the the te the teenagers. You know, they're they're in their early twenties. All of our cast, um, professional actors, but they're all playing teenagers, um, and the teenagers all. Um, play their characters through the whole show and sing their songs and do all that. So there's also an, uh, an, an adult female character. Is, is so, there a live band associated with that? There is a live band for this production. We had a live band for our production of dream girls that we just closed uh, in February, which is incredible. Um, and so we have a lot of the same band members for this. Um, nice. And it's going to be really fun. It's, it's beautiful music. It's rock music. There's guitars, there's bass. I think there's even going to be a cello yeah. piano. So, um, it's, it's a very cool show and I highly, highly suggest, um, that anyone come see it because, well, I say anyone, it is for mature audiences only. So yeah. this one is not one to bring the kids, um, <laughs> teenagers, teenagers are fine. Um, as long as, you know, you might want to talk to them about right. some of the heavier subject matter that we get into. Um, but it, this one's not for kids because of all the fun things that I talked about. Already. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, uh, but might stimulate it's, it's conversation. A, yeah, it's a show that I've loved for a long time. We actually have performed it once before in, in Clarksville uh, at the Roxy. It was, um, I think, probably around 2011 um, that they performed Spring Awakening the last time. Um, so this will be the second time that it's been on the Roxy stage. Um, and it's, uh, yeah, it's a great one. So then after that, we have um, Sondheim on Sondheim. Uh, which is, um, you know, Stephen Sondheim just died this year. He wrote Into the Woods and a lot of other super yeah. famous shows. So it's kind of a greatest hits show about Sondheim. Um, and he actually participated when he was still alive and did interviews um, that we'll use and play through that. So we talk about him and then he 
you, you know, you hear the interview and he talks about his opinion about these songs. And um, it's a really cool way to learn and experience uh, Sondheim without getting into some of his shows go even darker than what we've talked yeah, about. So yeah. you don't have to, you don't have to start out with the dark stuff. Can, um, <laughs> the know. happy Stephen Sondheim. Yeah. And hear the fun <laughs> stories and the beautiful songs, you know, you know, he wrote, he wrote, uh, send in the clowns. Yeah. So that's one that everyone knows. And you kind of get the story behind that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then the last show in our season, well, there's two shows left in our season after that one is called County fair. And that is, um, a jukebox musical that uses, uh, modern country music to tell a story about the county oh, fair cool. and that one's going to have a live band too which i'm super excited about with our proximity to nashville and you know the experience people here yeah. have with country music so that one's going to be really fun um and then without so much of the dark stuff uh and then <laughs> the last show will be our um year with frog and toad which is the show that the kids are putting on through the school of the arts yeah so that's what we've got coming up that's the that's the rest of our 40th anniversary season um, so this is the 40th season uh, oh, cool. at the Rock Creek. I didn't know is, that. That's awesome. Yeah, which is pretty incredible because most theaters do not stick around that long, right. last that long, right. you know, thrive and survive for that long. So we're excited to be able to keep going and offer all of this amazing stuff to Clarksville. I do have one question. Yeah. So this is just a really random question. I remember, I just have to know if this still goes on. So when we were doing, <laughs> when we were doing uh, some of the main stage stuff and we would, uh -huh. you know, go downstairs in the dressing room and stuff. And I know that there's that giant room that has most of the props, costumes and things like that. Mm -hmm. So as kids we go back there and hide and tell ghost stories, oh, there yeah. was a lot of stuff that happened. Does that still go on? <laughs> Generally not. We usually try to keep a, a, a little bit tighter leash on the kids when they're around, um, mostly because there's a lot of uh, stuff you don't, it's, it's not always the safest to be back there playing in the props and the. <laughs> so are you saying the Roxy is haunted though, Alex? That supposedly. <laughs> we, at least we told ourselves. More that. breaking exciting. news right here on What's Up Clarksville. Right? <laughs> the Roxy is haunted. <laughs> Dun, dun, dun. Uh, I personally have never had uh, experience with a, any uh, ghosts or apparitions in the Roxy. It so. burned down twice, but we don't have any confirmation of anybody dying there. Correct. I do not believe anyone died in so either fire. If there are any spirits, it's just happy spirits that are visiting a place that they have been in, in, and enjoyed before. Right. Most <laughs> theaters, they say, are haunted, so it's not a oh, stretch. Well, um, it's the Phantom but... of the Opera. Well, there you go. <laughs> I don't think we have a phantom, but we were, um, uh, as we were moving stuff around at one point, uh, I found a door under a staircase that I had Ooh. literally never seen before, and it was a little terrifying opening it. It was mostly full of dust and some wood, but um, <laughs> it was a little bit like, oh my gosh, what are we opening these You've doors? You've unleashed <laughs> the vortex. <laughs> That's where they were, and you let them out. Apparently, but they haven't done anything yet, so... <laughs> Thank goodness. Right. So, Keep us updated. Well, let's Thank talk you. about the rentals. I'm very interested in the costume rentals and the costumes available. I, I I doubt that you have anything in, you know, triple XL that would fit me, but it would be cool to look at them and, and see what people well, are renting. We do. We don't have everything in triple XL, but we do have <laughs> stuff for every people of every size. Oh yeah. Um, we really do. Um no. We don't have, like I said, we don't have everything. So, you know, we might not have a um, leisure suit that's going to fit right, every right. XL guy. But we do 
have suits and tuxedos and other things. Um, but the costume shop is really cool. So um, last around last January, um, George Terrell, who people might know, um, had a costume shop in town. It was called Backstage Costumes. Yeah. Um, and it was out, uh, Wilma Rudolph. You probably saw it like right by the intersection of um, Dunbar Cave. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and he used to he used to own and run the Cumberland Arts Center, which was the community theater here in town um, that closed and they tore down that church and built a an apartment complex over there. So he had years and years and years of of collecting and and um, buying costumes and ran this costume shop for a long time. So he decided he wanted to be done and semi retire. Um, so the Roxy actually bought the costume shop from him. Oh, nice. So it's still called Backstage Costume Rentals, and we do it all now at the Roxy. So we moved all the costumes from his store out on Wilma Rudolph yeah. to the Roxy. Um, so we added that to our costume collection. So now it's a huge, massive costume collection. We have probably a thousand um, wow. sequin gowns. Wow. Just wow. sequin gowns, like a, probably about a thousand. Oh, I thought you were going to say a thousand costumes. You just have a thousand sequin gowns. So yeah, there's it's probably closer to like thirteen thousand costumes. Oh my goodness! Um, what? Yeah, it's massive. It's it's so you know the Roxy building, the basement of the Roxy is basically one huge open room. It's where you were talking about where you used to go play. That is all yeah. costumes now. Wall to wall costumes. Wow. Mm -hmm. We have huge racks and their uh, costumes. So we really do have, um, you know, we've got five or six Easter Bunny costumes that are all, they're not all rented out. So if you want an Easter Bunny costume, call me. Nice. Um, but uh, <laughs> but we do have a lot of Easter Bunnies coming up, people that are going to be using Easter Bunnies. So we have everything from like, you know, Big Bird and the Easter Bunny and, um, you know, mascot type costumes to, like I said, the sequin gowns and leisure suits and kind of everything in between. Um, so we changed it a little bit because when George had it, he... Uh, you know, he just had it as a store and you could walk in whenever you needed something. Now, yeah. because of the nature of the Roxy and everything we have going on, we do it by appointment. Mm -hmm. But it's super easy to get an appointment. Um, really, all you have to do is uh, send a message through the Facebook page or email me or call our number. We can set up an appointment easily. That's awesome. So um, you can go and browse and look around and get ideas, not knowing what's available, but just get yeah, ideas and browse. Yeah, generally I try to get an idea of what people are kind of generally looking for, even if that's just, I want something scary and with a mask, or right. uh, you know, I need something that's going to be girly, or um, I there was, a, there was a girl who said uh, she called me up and she was looking for a costume for a wedding. She was in the wedding, but her friend said it was a costume-themed wedding because she wanted her mom to hate all the pictures. <laughs> <laughs> but I helped her find a really pretty dress that she could wear. And Not... She's kind of like a fairy elf sort of person. That's but yeah, and, and on top of that, like I said, we've got the sequin gowns, and we do have some more like vintage tuxedo type of things. So um, for like military balls and proms, and you know, people looking for not necessarily the most obvious thing, or if they want something cool and vintage or whatever, we we do have that too. We have a whole selection of uh, ruffled tuxedo shirts. So. Wow, I might need that. I got an anniversary coming up, and I, I might just need a, something crazy for date night too. Shock and awe, my wife. <laughs> <laughs> and we can get her a sparkly gown to wear too. Oh, see. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a really fun date night to go pick something out and then wear it out somewhere. Totally, totally. And, you know, there's great restaurants downtown Clarksville now. So Exactly. Uh, 
<laughs> I love that. I love that so much. So uh, speaking of restaurants, I, I should mention uh, at the Roxy, we do have a couple partnerships with some of our downtown restaurants. Oh, cool. Um, so um, we have dinner and a show with Edwards uh-huh. uh, for every show. So you can look and see what those dates are. But it's a it's a combined ticket price where you go to Edwards and you have dinner and then you come over and see the show and it's all one price for everything. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, we also do a charcuterie board night with uh, the Vine on Franklin. Um, nice. So that's also the same same deal, you know, uh, tickets for two with the so it's basically a, a full date night put together. So dinner um, and a show yeah. all inclusive. So dinner and a show. Yeah, mm-hmm. awesome. Uh, and then we also have a um, with ArtLink. We have a a um, partnership where you can go over and create some art that's uh, kind of related to the show. They have some options for you, and then you can come over and see the show. Oh, that's and that's fun great, too. especially for the kids' shows. But for any show, you know, it's a fun, different date night sort of idea. So those are some fun partnerships that we have with uh, our downtown businesses. But we encourage people to come eat. You know, even without that, to come and visit the restaurants and yeah, shop and the- I you know we're always talking about things to do, and people are always saying it's boring and there's nothing to do. But we've just come up with so many creative things. Or, I mean, definitely dinner and a show, or dinner and a costume and a show, or you know, just to, to go down yeah. there and have fun. That that is fantastic. Yeah, or even if you go to a show and then go get drinks after, or yeah, come, you know, go get a drink and then come to the show, or or. Um, you know, we we uh, we do offer um, matinees for most of our performances as well. So you know, there's an, there's an afternoon uh, option too. So you could do an an afternoon show and then go get dinner after. Or yeah, that there's sounds lots fun. There's lots of lots of options. I you know, in the nine years that I've been here, downtown Clarksville has just grown by leaps and bounds. Um, and now yes. it's somewhere that you actually want to hang out. Yeah. Um, it's, it's only getting better. So to, to go to the one spot, you know. Yeah. And uh, the parking garage that's being built by the Roxy, is that, yeah. that's good for you? Um, does it hurt performance or continued business at the Roxy? You know, it shouldn't. It shouldn't. Um, I don't know if you know, but the, uh, the city bought the building from the Roxy. So the city yeah. now actually owns our building. Um, and, oh. and as a part of that, the Roxy has become a component unit of the city, um, similar to the Customs House Museum. Nice. So that goes back to all the funding that we were talking about. Yeah. That was the funding they were talking about taking away. Um, so we have a we get a much 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 smaller budget than the Customs House Museum, but they do support us in the same way, um, because of exactly what you said that that the Roxy is an icon of Clarksville, and it's something that um, Mayor Pitts especially wants to encourage and promote and help keep as a vital part of Clarksville. So as a as a component unit, that helps support us and do that. Uh, the reason the city bought the building is because they will eventually be tearing down most of the building and turning it into a new performing arts center. Wow. Now, when I say tearing down the building, they it's not clear what they're going to take away, but it's not going to be the entire Roxy. The plan has always okay. been all along to leave. Um, it's been redone so many times that very little of the actual Roxy is historic. Yeah. Um, inside, like the guts. Um, but the front, the marquee, the side, the yellow bricks, and possibly portions of the lobby, depending on how demolition would go, mm-hmm. um, are all planning to be there. So the the corner of Franklin and First will still look the same, with kind of new building behind it. Um, but right now we're in the they're in the design phase of that, so there's not really a timeline of when that'll happen right. yet. But the parking garage will be a part of that. The parking garage will start oh. before we start anything at the Roxy. Yeah. Um, yeah, I saw where that's supposed to be open in 2024. Yeah, 
as far as I know, which is which is going to be great for the Roxy. It's going to be yeah. great to have more parking downtown. Great for downtown, yeah. Uh, it's going to be great for downtown. Um, I think the the only I don't even want to call it an issue, but the only change maybe would be that they'll probably close down First Street for a while. Yeah, um, which is kind of a main way to get to the Roxy, so you might have to go around a different way. Right. Um, but it shouldn't cause any dis- it it will not cause any disruption to our performances and what we offer. How can I sneak into a play again? <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> well, I no, that's actually not a bad question because we get it all, all the time. Um, we we do uh, usually once a year, once a year, maybe sometimes twice a year, uh, hold local auditions, um, and we kind of break those down into a couple things. We have uh, a portion of that day where we'll hear um, kids, you know, um, kids all the way through teenagers, because we do performances. Uh, our main stage productions that do sometimes have children uh, characters in them. In fact, we just did in uh, in White Christmas over Christmas. There was a yeah. Um, she's fifteen. The girl who played that. Um, so we'll hear the kids audition. Uh, then we will hear local non professionals audition, and then we'll have a section for uh, local professionals to audition, which is usually a lot of people from Nashville coming up or people who are based close to us here in the New York. Um, so we we uh, publicize those auditions through our Facebook page, through our website, um, and it's usually sometime at the end of spring, beginning of the summertime. So look for those coming up if you're interested in that. Um, because, I will. Because we will <laughs> definitely have auditions again, and you can always you can always reach out too. But it, it'll be a Facebook event, and we'll put it up. Well, I thought you meant literally sneak into a play, and I was going to say there's a secret door somewhere down in the bottom, <laughs> and you can she find your all way. Those. Yeah. She found all those. <laughs> when she was telling ghost stories, they they found. Out. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and then and then for our professional actors, we go to New York at least once a year. We also attend something called AFTAs, which is Unified Theater uh, Professional Auditions that they do in in uh, Memphis. So uh, we get the professionals from all over. And I think something cool that people don't realize about the Roxy is that we literally are pulling these people from the same talent pool as the tours that come through. Yeah. Uh, TPAC we've had people in shows at the Roxy after they've gotten off a tour that performed at TPAC. So um, it really is the same people that you're seeing, which I think people don't always give the Roxy credit for. (laughs) Got high quality acting. We get some incredible people here. So, all right. Well, thank you so much, Don, for uh, coming on our show. And we appreciate all the information and, and good luck with the upcoming season. I have not been, I've been in the lobby. I have never been to a show so this right, is the time. year we actually have to go. <laughs> I, I think, uh, yeah, the dinner and the show sounds fantastic for me and my wife. It's a perfect, it's a perfect date night idea. Yeah. And then they make sure that you get out in time so you're not late for the show too. Perfect, yeah. <laughs> Thanks for listening to What's Up Clarksville. Check us out on our Facebook page, also called What's Up Clarksville. And a special thanks to Jake at Man the Helm for our theme music. Bye. See you next time.